What role do you see your employees playing in your business someday? Do you see them as people who are preparing to lead the company? Are they a necessary burden which you must endure to reach your financial goals? Are they peers who are collectively helping you reach everyone's goals? Figuring out what role you want your employees to ultimately have and how you want them to view themselves is critical before you can implement any specific strategy or technique. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. I spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about specific strategies and ideas you can implement to make your life as, as a business owner as easy as possible and to make as much progress as you can on your journey in the shortest amount of time. But we also need to make sure we're making decisions that are in alignment with our overall longer-term goals. In other words, you have to figure out the destination before you can worry about the details. Figuring out what to pack in our suitcase for a trip is a lot harder if we haven't decided where we're going. Green Bay in the winter would require completely different items than going to Miami in August. So when it comes to leading and managing our team, before we can utilize any particular strategy, whether it's mine or somebody else's, we need to know what we are ultimately trying to accomplish with our team. What do we want them to do? Do we want them to just shut up and precisely follow directions I give them? We want them to learn our business well enough to not only follow procedures, but also well enough to help me improve them? Do I want them to learn how to make solid decisions so I don't have to? Do I want them to lead the next generation of employees so I can spend my time in the, in the Caribbean on a catamaran? Of course, to answer that question, it would be helpful if I decide what I want my own role to be. But we're not going to get into that part today. Like most things in this podcast, I'm going to explain how I approach this, but the approach I take may not work for you, which is fine. You don't have to take my approach. There's some that I think are counterproductive and which I would definitely try to steer you away from. And I'll cover some of those today. But really, this is something you got to figure out for yourself. What do you want your employee's role in the company to be? What are you trying to accomplish with all the strategies you implement and all the ideas you try to try to reach these goals? What is it? How would you define that? What would you want them to, to think that their role is? So let me tell you what prompted this topic. A few weeks back, I shared my podcast in one of the many groups I shared on Facebook. And in the post I put in there, I put in questions like I always do. And the questions for this particular post, for this particular podcast, were things like, why don't employees take the kind of initiative you'd like? Why, don't, why do they call us over trivial obstacles? Why don't they take ownership of a process or a result we'd like? And I suggested that creating an environment where employees could and would do that would make the business owner's life a lot easier, which is a statement I stand by today. I say that pretty regularly. If you listen to this uh, podcast at all, you've heard me say that more than once for sure. One of the comments I got said, and I quote, if they were capable of taking initiative, problem solving, 
or taking ownership of a process, they wouldn't be employees. They'd own a business. Now, as I read that comment, I realized there's nothing I can do to help this person. Not right now, not at this place in their journey. First of all, there's zero chance to comment that the person who made the comment listened to my podcast. I, I know that's absolutely true. Uh, because they wouldn't have said the things that they said had they had they listened to the, the actual content of the message I was I was sending. Uh, second, though, if they did listen to the podcast, they would probably think I'd lost my mind by trying to create an environment where employees were willing and able to make meaningful decisions, solve problems, and make improvements to the company. All of which, by the way, allow me to do other stuff I like to do, whether that's figuring out how to make the company bigger and more profitable or taking another week off and sitting on a beach. Both those things require having people who can solve problems, uh, take initiative, make meaningful decisions, and make improvements, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's one, one piece of this puzzle. The other, and probably much more important thing that prompted this topic, is I heard they're going to do a remake of the Patrick Swayze movie Roadhouse. Now for me, Roadhouse ranks right up there with Harley Davidson, The Marble Man, The Godfather, Smoking the Bandit, Pulp Fiction, Unforgiven. And of course, Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth, you know, the greatest movies ever made. So I definitely have mixed thoughts on the idea of Hollywood trying to make an improvement on this particular masterpiece, just like I would if they said they were going to remake Forrest Gump or something like that. So what does the potential of a Roadhouse remake have to do with this person's comment on Facebook about how employees are not able to solve problems, take initiative or take ownership? Well, it's really simple. And of course, I'll explain my goal, as I've stated numerous times, is for my employees um, to be able to, or, or my goal is for my uh, employees, is that they are educated, trained, motivated, and willing, probably amongst many other things, to make decisions, solve problems, and take actions to move the company towards reaching the goals we've all established. Why? Because if they're doing it, I don't have to. And to achieve this, my role needs to be one of a coach, like a football coach. Uh, the word coach right now in modern times is thrown around in a lot of different ways, has some different meanings for folks. I mean it in a traditional sense where a coach would do things like teach, train, motivate, inspire maybe, lead, empower, and hold people to, uh, accountable to perform at a predetermined level of success. So sometimes you hear coach now and it means more of a cheerleader in my mind. A coach teaches and trains and does those other things as well as motivates, inspires, all that good stuff and holds people accountable, of course. Um, so if I discover I have somebody on the team who's not willing or able to be taught, trained, motivated, and held accountable, et cetera, then my job is simple. My job is just to remove them from the organization so that everyone who's still in the organization can do those things. In other words, as Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse Dalton said, I'm going to be nice until it's time to not be nice. I will teach, train, motivate, empower, and hold people accountable as long as the player is coachable. If I determine they're not coachable, then they have to go. There's just, there's just no alternative to that. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to the other employees. It's not fair to our customers. It's not even fair to them. Like, if this is not a good fit, this just, Let's help them go somewhere and be happy. Um, this is not a good fit for them, maybe. So contrary to what my Facebook commenter thinks, I don't believe that only business owners are capable of greatness. I think that's kind of a ridiculous thing to, to think, honestly. 
many people, much smarter and much more capable than me, would never be a business owner because of things like risk, the amount of time they would have to be uh, take away from their family, stress, you know, like it's just not worth the stress in life. You only have one run at this. Be happy. You know, uh, none of those are indicators that they're not competent. They just have different priorities. So I would ask, does their, their having uh, different priorities than me mean that they're worth less than me? No, not even close. That's just a, that's just a silly notion. Superiority in rank does not equal superiority in value. Consciously or subconsciously, coming to that conclusion is a common reason business owners cannot find, recruit, hire, and retain talent. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason. There's many other factors at play, especially right now. We all know that. And I can hear people listening right now saying, of course, I don't think that, Brian. I'm not one of those people. And here's the thing. So, I, I, you know, there's, again, there's many factors at play right now why it's hard to find people. There's no question about that. And we can kind of fall into this, this way of thinking that um, people who don't aim for the same things we do, i.e. owning a business, uh, are not capable of doing things like running a business. I don't believe that's true. Uh, and again, I, I can hear folks saying, of course, I'm not one of those people, Brian. Of course, like who would think that they're, who's this idiot who is saying these things on Facebook, like so condescending. I would never think something like that. And my response to those folks would be, okay, I believe you. How would you define what role you ultimately want your employees to play in your company? And if you don't have an answer to that, then I would argue that you are susceptible to falling into this belief that only you are capable of greatness or only ca only you are capable of doing certain things, which will definitely impact your ability to find and keep top talent, which then, of course, leads to poor performance because you don't have the, the talent you would like, which leads to the business owner taking on more decision making and oversight, which leads to employees taking less initiative in problem solving which leads, uh, of course, uh, to the, the business owner's belief that employees are incapable of doing such, thing, th uh, such things, getting reaffirmed, and down the spiral the company goes, sometimes quickly, more oftentimes slowly. But this is kind of the cycle. The business owner thinks, only I can do these things, and therefore, this is the path that happens. Performance uh, wanes, the business owner responds by taking on more oversight, more involvement, more decision-making, more limiting everybody else what they can do, which tells the employees, don't do that stuff. <laughs> so they don't. And then the business owner goes, well, see, I was right. They, don't, they won't even take initiative on this stuff. So one of the questions I would ask is, which is more important? If you look like a, a professional sports team, again, I'm not, I, I don't know if you looked at me or not, I'm not a basketball player. Uh, so I tend to like football more than basketball or baseball or whatever. But so if you're looking at like long-term success of a NFL team, which is more important, the coach or the players? Now, a great coach could drive a mediocre team to success once, as we saw, you know, for instance, in 1980 when the U.S. hockey team beat the Russians. In that case, there's little doubt the Russians would have beat us, you know, seven or eight times out of out of 10 that they played 10 games. There's no question about that. The Russians were a much better team. They put together one awesome game though. And that's largely attributed to Herb, whatever the guy's name was, the coach. Similarly, great players can overcome a mediocre coach's limited abilities and put together a fantastic game or even a season. 
But to have long-term consistent success, I would argue you need both a great coach and great players. So if we accept that premise, why would great players come to play for a coach who thinks so little of them? Well, they would do it temporarily for either money or status, but that's really it. There's not really other reasons besides money or status they would come do it, and they won't do it for long. They will not They will not stay in a situation like that for any significant length of time because eventually the money's just not worth it. The status is just isn't worth it. I don't want to work for somebody who, who thinks so little of me. So trying to sometimes empower people to take initiative and make decisions and take action is not really a solution in my opinion either. In my opinion, this only confuses people and, and actually makes things worse if you just made all the decisions. Because what happens is they, they get put in a situation where there's no possible way for them to be right. How are they supposed to know which things you want them to take initiative and action on and which things you want them to sit back and let you take the lead? The only way they would know that is if you were extremely forthcoming, which is not generally the case for folks who are sometimes wanting their people to take initiative and sometimes not. So, you know, I, I just I see how this unfolds and almost always it, it, what the result is is confusion. The people just don't know. And so ultimately what they do is they just they they start out in the beginning, they kind of wait and see and try to see if they can figure out they can't. And so ultimately they just they just stop trying. And then again, the business owner is just frustrated. So one of the things that uh, uh made popped in my head when I was thinking about this was Vince Lombardi one time said, Show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Meaning the adjective good in good loser, the adjective or descriptor does not override the implications or the impact of the underlying noun. In his case, he said good loser. So losers, the, the important part, good is not as important. So along those lines, I would say, show me a nice manager who thinks his employees are inferior to him, and I'll show you a person who thinks his people are inferior to him. I agree with that. Like This is um, a, uh, a thing that you can't mask. Like You can't, you can't put on a smile and, and assume that that's going to override People are going to know. They're going to feel it. And how's that going to play out? Especially when you're asking to pick up an extra shift here and there or take that late service call when it's, you know, four o'clock and they're going to have to drive 30 minutes further away from home to take that call. Like, how's this going to play out? So sure, they might not have the skills you have, at least not yet, but you can't build a business that will fund the lifestyle and freedom that you want without them. So which has more value? Which is, which is more important to the company? Which is more important to reaching your goals? I would argue that in most cases, it's at least 50-50. If not, you know, I, I couldn't build what I want to build without employees, period. It's just, there's just no way around that. So Dalton in Roadhouse, going back to the this epic movie, as good as he was, could not protect the double deuce by himself. Not even when Sam Elliott gloriously rode up on his Harley one day to help. The two greatest coolers of all time could not do it alone. Dalton had to fire his best bouncer because that's what was best for the team. He had to fire the bartender who had the, by far the most experience. And he ended up needing the clumsy, overweight bouncer who, who he had to mold into a top performer. He had to teach the guy who made really, really bad personal decisions why those decisions were not going to work for him long term. He had to teach specific processes, KPIs, and actions which would work in all kinds of situations. And he had to inspire and give confidence to those on his team who were full of doubt. And he empowered them to make good decisions and only call on him when it made sense. 
not as soon as they hit a minor obstacle. But he would have taken a completely different approach had he wanted a team who just shut up and do what they were told. That's not what he wanted. He wanted a team that were um, that was working well together and uh, allowed him to do other things besides stand there and watch the front door. <laughs> uh, so real quick, let me, let me tell you about something. Uh, for those of you who are paying particular attention today because you have employee issues you would like to overcome and you're wondering, like, how, did, how can I do this? Um, I'll remind you, I wrote a book called Service Industry Success, which is all about how to successfully manage and lead a team of people in a service business. So if you go to Amazon and type in Service Industry Success, it's easy to find. You can just put in my name, Brian Harding and Service. It's, it pops up that way. It, it's easy to find there. Um, so going back to kind of summarize what I'm talking about here, to achieve what I want, which again is to have a, peop- a group of people who are able and willing to make decisions, to make improvements, to take action, uh, to do the right thing without me having to babysit them. To achieve this, my role, in my opinion, needs to be, needs to be one of a coach. And again, I, I'm using a traditional uh, definition of coach, like a like I'm picturing my high school football coach in the in the early '90s. Uh, to me, a coach is someone, again, probably amongst many other things, but a coach in my in my world teaches. They don't just demand, they teach, they train, they motivate and inspire, they lead, they empower, they hold people accountable to perform to a predetermined level of success. If they discover someone on the team is not willing or able to do that, then that person can't play, period. So in other words, as Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse Dalton said, we got to be nice until it's time to not be nice. And that means not thinking People are incapable of doing things because they have a title that is is different or they have different priorities in life or different values or about you know how their time should be invested. You know, the the the, the amount of time and energy and stress and frustration it goes into building a business is not something that should be used as a barometer for people being capable of success in life. That's just not fair. That's not that's not a reasonable way to measure that. Who knows what they have going on at home? Who knows what experience they had before they they came to your business? Who knows what leads them to, to think those things? I, I, I can think of many fantastic men I would consider mentors. There's no way they would have started a business because it took too much time away from their family. And the family was all that mattered. I learned a tremendous amount of stuff from those folks. There's no way I could have gone on to do what I did without them. So this idea that just because somebody's not a business owner that they're not capable. That's a, that's a, I think that's a dangerous uh, thought process to adopt. And I also think it's dangerous to not proactively work to make sure we don't kind of subconsciously fall into that way of thinking. Uh, yes, we have to sometimes make hard decisions on for, you know, people who just aren't a good fit for whatever reason. But up until that moment, we really have to take on the responsibility and the ownership of doing our part first. Got to be nice until it's time to not be nice. And once we've decided it's time to not be nice, then we need to move that person along and help to help them go find happiness somewhere else. Up until that moment, though, the burden is on me. the The responsibility is mine to be the coach, to te- to teach, educate, train, inspire, all the motivate, all those things. It's my job to figure out what makes them go. Now, if they are the person who just will not share that and and just it proves over time that they're not able or willing to be motivated, then then I flip to the other mode. But up until that moment, 
the burden is mine. The responsibility is mine to be the coach. It doesn't mean be the demander in chief. It means be the coach. I have to teach them what to do. I have to train them how to do it, to show them ways to practice. And I have to figure out what makes them want to want to go so they want to do the right thing without me having to babysit it. So that's a long-winded way of saying what, what Dalton so nicely said is it's time to be it's we will be nice until it's time to not be nice. And uh uh I hope that if they do remake the movie Roadhouse, they don't they don't mess it up. Uh anyhow, uh don't forget to go to Amazon and put in uh service industry success, get a copy of your book. Again, if you have a team of people, the book is all about managing people in a service business that's 100 it's not about financials it's not about procedures and processes it's really all about managing people so uh if you need help with that it's a great place to go get it it's only 30 bucks um great resource for you so that's it for this week uh if you haven't had a chance yet and you have friends or peers who are business owners in the service industry um home auto business to business contractors auto repair shops that kind of stuff share this podcast with them uh, i really appreciate that uh, also, if you haven't had a chance to give us a rating review, if you can spare a couple minutes for that, that would be fantastic. I would really appreciate that. And uh, that's it for this week. And I will see you all next week. Bye.